Hello and welcome into another episode of the Cheese Bros Podcast. I am Cheese Bro Jonathan. I'm joined this evening, as always, by Cheese Bro Andrew. Hi. And Andrew, may I be the very first to wish you a happy Red Friday? Well, it's not Red Friday for like another three hours, but yes. Thank you. Show business. Okay. Oh, sorry. They, they no, this is in the future. Uh, happy Friday morning. Hey, yeah. Here. Uh, why are you at work right now? <laughs> We're recording it at 5.30 in the morning like we do every every week. Yes. Um, so let me start with, we got a little busy, mm-hmm. our normal rescheduling, uh, normal recording evening. And most weeks, we would just be like, eh, we'll get it next week. We're not in a podcast. Kind of like, kind of like Rams week. A little bit, yeah. I just kind of, yeah. I just kind of phoned it in. I don't know. Or just, you know, not show up. Yeah. Uh, but not this week. Not this week. Do you know why that is? Because it's Bengals week. It is Bengals week. Uh, we're at the end of Bengals week, but yes. It is Bengals week, the most important week of the year, in my opinion. And I just, I know we're going to talk about the Rams game and recap the, that a bit. But let me just tell you, I've had this week, this game circled on my calendar ever since the schedule came out. Yeah, I, I want to destroy this team. Chris Jones speaks for all of us when he says this was... This was the game that Chiefs fans spent the whole offseason preparing for. Yes. You know, I, whenever I was reading them mock drafts and, uh, you know, looking at tweets from, from, from training camp, I had the Bengals in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I just can I make a, a little state of the rivalry here with the Bengals? Sure. So I've always said, you know, like there are different kinds of rivals. There are like the Chiefs and Broncos, which historically – Back in ancient history, back when the Broncos were worth a crap, it was a really good rivalry. You felt like both teams were good. It was competitive. It was you, you didn't like them, but there was a there was a grudging respect there. Sure, I think that's kind of what the Bills are for us now. Yes, because it's like you know both teams are rivals, but also respect each other. Um, with the Bengals, it's more like the Raiders. It's like mm. screw those guys. You don't I hate like those them, guys. and you don't respect them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, uh, I don't like the Bengals. Um, I don't. I don't know. I want to give like a long form ex- expose exposition on why I don't like the Bengals. But before I really sink my teeth into that, I guess we should talk about this Rams game, shouldn't we? We probably should. Because I know, like, once I get going, I'm not going to be able to go back and be like, oh, let's talk about the Rams game now. Um. So I don't know if we need to. Spend a long time on this game and give out that many game balls or blame balls, what have you. Uh, to me, this game, there's a few things that stood out to it. Um, probably the one that stood out the most to me was the red zone issues. Yeah, man, it just felt like we got down there and uh, we would either penalty or intercept or something our way out of out of points, you know. Yeah, uh, we were one for five in the red zone in terms of converting a touchdown. Um, the last one or two, I don't know if you really want to count those. Uh, those were the ones where we weren't really trying to score that bench anyways. Yeah, this is one of those games where garbage time came in like the second quarter. Yeah, it, that's so true. Like the whole game kind of felt like that. And it's basically the same as what we predicted. Like the Rams are real bad. The Chiefs are very good. And we came in and didn't play that great, but it didn't matter. We still still won by two scores. Yeah, yeah, it, it was about as as close a blowout as you could imagine. If that makes any sense at all, that's so true. Um, are you? There was some other stuff to talk about, but are you at all concerned with the red zone issues? Any any mild panic or consternation on your part? No, not really. Um, I mean, for a couple of things here. One, the, the Rams are bad. The defense is. I think we can say the Rams defense is good. They were not really good, but they're talented. It's a quality defense, yeah. Um, <laughs> can we start with him? <laughs> 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 he knew he wasn't supposed to be in here. I think acted up accordingly. That was Chiefs Row Baggy. <laughs> you gotta leave that in. Okay. Um, you were saying? I've forgotten. Hold on. No, okay, the Rams defense is, is decent. Okay. Um, two, I feel like we know that this is true. Andy Reid saves the big calls for special situations. Yeah. 
Uh, I feel like this was a very vanilla game in terms of personnel, or, or in ter- I should say in terms of scheme, because uh, this is when we did not, I mean, we, we needed it, you know, in terms of like seeding, but one, it was never really in doubt, and two, it wasn't like a division game or a playoff game or something where you normally see like Andy Reid really getting in his bag. Uh, so no, that, that doesn't really bother me. Um, I think we saw one trick play, but I think it was also one of those, I'm forgetting now what happened, you might be able to remind me, but it was one of those plays where you could tell it was made up by the players. Yeah. And I, just kind of read, letting them do their thing. I said that right as we were watching, it was like, that feels like one of those plays that they made up, you know, while they were bored that the defense was practicing. Um, so yeah, we didn't, we didn't see much. We didn't, we did not see Andy Reid in his bag. He was completely out of his bag. Um, but yeah, we still won 20, 26 to 10. You convert one of those, you know, weird red zone issues we had down there and it's 30 to 10. I mean, that's just a complete blowout right there. So not concerned about that. Um, the only other storyline I had from this game was some more, uh, special teams woes. Uh, first and foremost, first and foremost, we had another muffed punt from Sky Moore. Yeah, that was a special teams woe as in like, whoa, what's that guy still doing out there? Let me ask you this, Andrew. Um, how many times do we have to do this? Okay, here's the, here's the, the real answer here. Who would have to do this at all? Sky Moore is a contributor on this team mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. was always meant to be. And I I mean, I, was, I wasn't in training camp, but he is not historically. I don't, I don't think he was a big punt returner in college. Um, so it's not like he's just going to be out there just Dante Hall, just wrecking fools as a punt returner. Why do they insist on him returning punts? Yeah. I, I think that's just like, that's the young Chiefs wide receiver thing to do. Like, Tyreek Hill did it, Nicole Hardman did it. I don't know why they're forcing that on Sky Moore. I don't understand it. It's something that you do whenever you can't get a guy involved in the offense, but we can get him involved in the offense right away. And he was involved in the offense. He did yeah. very well in the offense this game. Yes. Um, I love Sky Moore as a receiver. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm see more. I hate Sky Moore the punter. It's just like if that we gave sucks. it's like if we gave Travis Kelsey like three passing attempts a game. Yeah, that's so it's like, just like okay, he's great tight end. Why are we trying to make? I him understand play? he likes throwing the ball, but do, we got Patrick Mahomes. It's okay. Well, if you're Sky Moore, you don't want to do this. Oh, I can't imagine at this no. point. You're like he's, please he's, don't make me. He's clearly got the yips. You know, yeah, it's, it's fully firmly in his head. Like. The, after he, not single-handedly, but had a, had a major hand in us losing to the Colts. Yeah. Everyone thought, oh, it's because the roof is weird. Or the strange glare in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Which, let me just make a point. Why do teams keep building domes where the sun shines directly in the freaking eyes? Because they're stupid. I mean, we talked about how can you not? How can you not know that's going to happen? I, I thoroughly lambasted. The sun rises, the sun sets, football is always played in the fall. Yeah. Not that hard. If you recall, I gave a blame ball to uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Lucas Oil. Um, Your oil sucks. Yeah. Not this game, though. This game is played in uh, Arrowhead. Yeah. At night. Mm. Well, for, in, in, in the evening. Yeah. So, no no real excuse there for, for Sky Moore. Um, and, and what's frustrating is that like the the attitude out of Arrowhead and, and like, press clippings this week has been like, Oh, well, you know, we just need to let him work on his confidence. We'll get him back out there. It's like, no, don't get him back out there. <laughs> it is not worth one more muffed punt to have him out there at all. No. Do, do Justin Watson, have him go out there and catch it and just sit down. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Now, we don't have to get too excited about it because I do believe that is the plan going forward. We're going to have Justin Watson do it or somebody else. It's not going to be Sky Moore for now. I don't think it should be at any point in the future. Yeah. Um, all I want, my, all my I want is boring punt returns. I want boring punt returns. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. But just fair catch every punt for the rest of the season. My point was always, what's the upside? Yeah, like what, what is he giving you in the return game that you're not getting from somebody? Else? You can't tell me Pacheco is not better back there. Yeah, he's Pacheco. He's a young skill position player. And we're not a team that needs to do weird stuff to score. Our yeah. offense is perfectly functional. It's like the best in the league. So we don't need special team scores to win games. We just also, need them not screw up. What's wrong with just telling him, hey, man, this isn't your thing? That's fine. He knows it. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's watching knows it. That was actually, that's like my most frustrating moment from this entire game. 
just like, what the heck is going on? And it's not just the result. It's the process that leads to the result. Anyhow. Yes, I, th- I think we've, we've got it out there now. That. Um, just don't do it anymore. I don't <sighs> think they will. Evan helped me if I ever see him out there again this season. All right, so we covered red zone struggles, special team woes. Um, pretty, pretty negative here. We won the game. Why not? But, like, it was one of those games where, like, it was so obvious we were just clearly the better team. Feels like we should have won by, like, 30 points. Yeah. I don't really care that much. If I'm not, you know, you know me, I'm not really into the gambling stuff, but we did cover the point spread for what's worth. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we can go ahead and wrap that game up. Uh, there was, I know, like we mentioned there, those issues. I felt like the team actually came out looking pretty good at the start. I didn't feel like we came out flat. I think we just kind of went into garbage time mode, like about halfway through the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not concerned about that. Do you feel the need to get, give out any game balls or blame balls from that one? Uh, I want to give a game ball to Isaiah Pacheco. For mm. he had a rush touchdown, had a good overall game, and he had an amazing celebration. That dude's just kind of frenetic. Like his, he's just got a yeah high energy. It's fun to watch. He's a high energy dude. He what's so strange is he wears the number ten, mm-hmm. and he looks like Tyreek out there sometimes. He does. Tyreek's like that, where he's just got that very spastic energy. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like uh, Pacheco's always like jumping up and running around after the play. It's like he, he, you can tell he he still wanted to run more. Yeah. He got tackled. He's an all time like run back to the huddle guy. Yeah, like I'm not tired, coach. Don't pull me out. Um, other game ball, and we're just basically doing this very quick. Um, Nick Bolton, mm. our ball hawking linebacker, second yeah. second week with a pick. Yeah, right place, yeah. right time. Yeah, that might be it. Oh, Carlaftis had like a big, big, long sack. It was awesome to see. That was cool too. Yeah, hopefully many many heavy returns. I, got. Um, I was glad to see a good performance from our defense. I was kind of annoyed that they got that one touchdown. I wanted to have like a touchdown free game. Um, but I think that, that might have been off of one of the weird like, uh, we had the muff punt, but there was also the, the fake punt that they converted on us. It might yeah. have come on one of those series. Yeah. Uh, I just, eh, whatever. I don't care. This was such a pushover game. Mm-hmm. So, alright. We have discussed the Rams game. Now let's get back to why we are all here. Ladies and gentlemen, Bengals week. You know what? I don't like about the Bengals. What, what don't you like about the Bengals? Right just, this, this has nothing to do with the playing or anything like that. Tell us how you really feel. Um, their chant is... Who day? Who day? Who day? Who day? Who day say them beat the Bengals? Okay, for one, that doesn't work from a cadence perspective. No, it's... It's, it got, came it's got kind of the John Ralphio rap vibe to it. Awkwardly. It's like, who did say they got to beat them bang? Goals. Okay. Yeah. You know what I actually I think, think it's about it? That might be the Saints thing. Oh, that is the Saints thing. It's it who dat. Who The Saints are who dat. Okay, that's right. The Bengals are who day. Yes. And if I had to guess, I bet the Bengals are the second one to this particular party. Uh you know, I've I've looked into this. Yeah. They seem to have developed separately. Um but I think we can all agree that the Saints are a cooler team. Yeah, and uh that just seems to fit better. Like, New Orleans has got a much richer culture than the Prairie Queen, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I think the, the Bucks also have one, a variant of this. I think it's like Houdam or something. Houdam? <laughs> yeah. Who are those people? Who dat, who day, who dam? That's, that's the Vikings one. <laughs> who are those people? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I know. I hate who day. I think it's stupid. Um, I actually kind of like the uniforms, to be honest. The uniforms? Yeah, I um, think the helmets are cool. Yeah, I like the helmets alright. I love them on Halloween night, uh, good Halloween night team. Yeah. Uh, they do just always look to me like, I don't know, I, I'm a strong associations person, I associate things with other things. When I see the Bengals uniforms, I think bad football team. It yeah. probably stems from them being a bad football team. I remember, yeah, when, when I was a football fan growing up, I would hear about, like, the rivalry between the Bengals and the Niners, like, Joe Montana playing against the Bengals, and I'm just what? like... Really? Yeah, I, I was flabbergasted. I was like, what, what do you mean the Bengals were good? Because, like, again, the NFL changes now all the time, mm-hmm. as long as you have a decent owner. But it used to be, like, the bad teams were the Saints and the Bengals. 
The Saints and the Bengals were always garbage. They were like the team, if I was playing Madden with my dad, I would make him play with one of those teams. And I would be the obviously. So, yeah, in my mind, historically, the Bengals suck. And historically, that's been true. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they had a couple good quarterbacks, didn't they? Um, um, Carson Palmer back in Palmer, the 2000s. Palmer was good. He was good, but I mean, they never really, I mean, they had him and, and Chad Johnson slash Oshosenko, and I don't know if they ever even made it to the AFC Championship game. But Palmer eventually forced his band out of town, didn't he? Like, he was done with him. Yeah, he did. He had enough. Uh, they had Andy Dalton, who just like spent oh, yeah. like 10 years in quarterback purgatory, where it's like not quite bad enough to move on to someone else, not quite good enough to do anything. It's still kind of there for the same scene. Blocking Jameis from playing, which I'm very upset about. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, the Bengals have very frequently squandered decent quarterback wide receiver combinations. Definitely wide receivers. Because they kind of wasted the career of Chad Johnson and then they wasted the career of AJ Green. Yeah. So now we got the, the, you know, 2020s version of this with Joe Burrow and, uh, Jamar Chase, even though I wouldn't necessarily say they squandered anything and way overachieved last year. You know what this reminds me of? Um, and actually, you go back all the way to the start of the Chiefs Bros podcast. Mm-hmm. 2018, uh, second game of the year was against the Steelers. And I remember recording that podcast. We basically just laid into the Steelers and Mike Tomlin for like mm, 40 minutes straight. It feels like what we need to do right now. Yeah, we had kind of a uh, a cathartic like speak on it moment. Yeah. Well, I got a lot more to say. I mean, I've not yet begun. Nothing's going to quite feel like the Steelers again, though. Like, like, like that was like the last team. Like maybe the Patriots, but especially with the Steelers, I just felt like that was Big Brother, and like the Chiefs were constantly getting shut out by That's the Bengals, true. or like by the Steelers. And <clears throat> I remember that game. Whenever we beat the Steelers, was like the moment we're like, oh, things are different now. Mm, yes, great. Yeah. I'm home through six touchdown passes, second game of the year. Yeah, that was an awesome game. Uh, anyways, let me just go rapid fire here. Reasons I don't like the Bengals. Yeah. Number one, yeah. their owner is super cheap. They don't even have an indoor practice field. Think That's about true. that. Yeah. An NFL football team does not have an indoor practice field. Crazy. You know he's like the son of one of the most famous coaches of all time, right? And Paul Brown? Yes. Who I think started both the Browns and the Bengals somehow. The Bengals That's, was like his son. That has always confused me. Yeah. How the Browns owner or the Bengals owner, his last name is Brown. Yep, that's Brown that's owner. Browns, their last name is not Brown. I don't know. And also, the Ravens, who used to be the Brown, their owner was not Brown. Well, that's a whole other thing. That's there. There's yeah. The Browns are not the Browns. Browns are the Browns. Yeah. Browns. The, the, Ra- Browns. the Ravens is the Browns. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're just having a little. AFC North uh, history session. Yeah, there's there's some, some weird Ohio revenge plots going on with the Bengals and the, and the Browns. But point being, he's kind of like one of those uh, – he, he's more competent for sure, just at, on a human level, than Mark Davis. But it's a similar situation where it's like you've got someone who has a team not because of immense family wealth or because of any amount of personal merit. It's just won the genetic lottery. Yeah. Which, you know, if I were them, and you can get $5 billion for a franchise these days. Just sell mm-hmm. it. What are you doing? I don't, I don't care. I mean, Maybe they're holding out for $7 billion. I don't know. Whatever your father's legacy was, you could, it's probably worth $5 billion. Yeah. Anyhow. All right. Let me just go rapid fire here. Um, so really, my, my three main issues with the – we've kind of talked about story beans, not like the Bengals. Uh, my main issue with the current iteration of the Bengals really all boils down to a few things. Um, number one, I, I don't like their offense. It looks so ugly most of the time, and then they'll just hit a big play out of nowhere yeah. and score off of it. So it's like their offense looks terrible like 80% of the time, and 20% of the time they'll hit big plays. Yeah, it's a classic like dumb sports fan team where yeah. if, you're, if you're just looking at stats and if you're looking at highlights, you're like, oh, oh man, the Bengals are dominant. If you watch the whole game, you're like, oh. This is not indicative at all of who they are. Yeah. So I don't like their offense. I feel like it's always been unsustainable and <coughs> not quite gimmicky, but kind of fluky in a way. And that they got one way that they can win. It doesn't work out. Um, and they've got nothing else. And number two, cor- correlated with it, going along with it, 
Um, their whole offense seems to be built around exploiting the modern day pass interference rules to the fullest extent. Yeah. As in, we're going to throw these 50 50 balls, which are really more like 820 balls because we know that the most likely thing is we get a catch. The second most likely thing is we get a penalty, which is about as good as a catch. Mm-hmm. And then the least likely thing is it gets, you know, broken up and intercepted. So there's also, there's a little bit of, uh, have you ever heard of the idea that the the flaws that you see in other people that remind you of flaws that you feel yourself or are afraid of having are the ones that annoy you the most? Projecting? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, I feel that way kind of about the Bengals in terms of the Chiefs. How like I've always been worried about the Chiefs becoming an offense that's too reliant on like big plays. Um, it's a little bit of that. Okay. Uh, in a way, we get into some like deep psychoanalysis. There it is. I mean, well, this is clearly something that's like very much on your mind and oh, a deep it's, part it's, of your psyche. So yes, the, the Bengals—they've been firmly between my crosshairs ever since we lost to them during the regular season last year. Uh, so there's those two things, and probably the one that takes the cake is—I I just feel like they haven't earned it. They have not earned their their Super Bowl trip. Because they went from being like a really, really bad team with a really poor, dumb roster construction. And then they, I don't want to say lucked into because they made the, ultimately, I think the correct choice. But they just drafted like one of the best wide receivers we've seen in a long, long time. And they throw him the ball all the time. Well, they they sucked their way to Joe Burrow. Yeah. Which, I mean, that was kind of of a bold first pick, honestly. Um, Coming right up the national championship game. And then they, if they you could give them credit for a good move, I mean, they, they sucked so hard that first year, they ended up with the top five pick again, but they drafted Jamar Chase. I will always contend that Jamar Chase is more important to the Bengals than Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think that's probably, probably correct. So, I mean, they got, basically, that, that is the golden connection. That's the, that's the entire Bengals franchise is built around those two players, and they got them by sucking so hard they got the top five picks. That's the way it's supposed to work. That's fine. But it's not like, oh, look at the, the, the upstart Bengals. Oh my gosh. What a, what a, what a future dynasty. No. Yeah. It, it feels like, you know, sometimes like you see a team, you're like, you know what? They're really building it the right way. The Bills. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, uh, a number of other teams. The Bengals, it feels like they built it the wrong way. They like, they feel like a baseball yeah. team that's like, okay, our plan is we're going to suck for a whole decade and stockpile a bunch of picks and then maybe take a crack at it. That's true. It's, it's kind of like talked about the Rams last week. Where it's like, this is a different road to success, but it's not the one I like. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's very, still very different. Um, so yeah, those, those are the reasons I really don't like the Bengals. Um, and, okay, you go back to last year. I feel like we should not have lost to them during the regular season. I was, I was highly annoyed during that game because we got so many flags against us. They basically yeah. just flagged us to death. I hated them because of that. Um, they very, very nearly lost to the Raiders in the wild card round. People forget that. It is wild. They should have lost to the Titans. Joe Burrow got sacked seven times. Again, bad process. You should, you should lose a game when that happens. Um, but they benefited from Ryan Tannehill completely imploding on himself. Yeah, that, that's true. They got, sorry, I know you're going to go continue. Then they played the Chiefs in a game that I'm going to say it. They should yeah. have lost that one. Except for Mahomes doing his own, you know, still, it's his own version of like imploding. It's the Mahomes version of imploding where like it's pretty bad, but not like, you know, complete implosion. Yeah. But he, he was real bad that second half and they've been in front from that. So it just, it feels like a team that got to the Super Bowl, got all this hype, all this praise and deserved none of it. It's, it's a weird thing to say about a team that just played in the Super Bowl, but they do not feel like a Super Bowl caliber team. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like I, I really hate the way that they do definitely take advantage of it's, it's almost like the most basketball team in the NFL. It's like drawing the foul is a big part of the game. It's like, oh, yeah. if, if, if the strategy is to make the other team break the rules, that seems stupid. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I think our personnel has changed since those games. Uh, cause we don't have. We don't have Tavares Ward anymore. He wasn't that bad about it, but Fenton was. Let's face it. Fenton and Brashad Breeland, I don't know if he was on the team last year very much, if at all. I can't remember if it, I think Breeland was gone. It, feel, it feels like early in the Spags tenure, we had a lot of physical corners, which is good. 
but physical corners tend to get called yeah. um, for grabbing. And Fenton was very bad about that, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, he's he's gone now, and our, our corners now, I mean, I think Joshua Williams can still get called for it sometimes. That might be the only one I can think of that's like pretty bad about it. I have not seen a lot of it out of Trent McDuffie no. in, in a very small sample, and Snead does not seem to. He, he's more like he'll play the ball more than the receiver. And I haven't. I don't remember Reed getting very many calls like that, or Thornhill. Yeah, but just, that's a discussion for another time. Apparently, Justin Reed's been writing some checks. Well, but, uh, I think that's. A, I think that's a discussion for right now. Yeah. Okay. He, he's, uh, so, he's his mouth has been writing some checks. His butt butter cash this weekend. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's it's strange because we very rarely ever see this out of the Chiefs player, um, and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would trash talk really, but. He kind of pretty casually was talking about – it was kind of a funny situation. He was trying to talk about Hayden Hurst, the tight end, mm-hmm. and he got a little confused and started talking about Higby, who's a tight end for the Rams. And then he got even more confused and he started talking about Higgins, as in uh, T. Higgins, who's a wide receiver for the Bengals. And basically, he, at that point, just kind of gave up on trying to figure it out and just said, well, we're locking down everybody. Some weird Something along talk. those lines. Um, the Bengals players very much picked up on that. Uh, you saw Jamar Chase spouting back to him a little bit on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, basically saying, like, I'm going to remember that. Um, give me all that motivation. Okay. And Justin Reed, you know, did not back down. Um, so I, this, this totally to me comes down to if you're going to talk that talk, you better show up on Sunday. You better have a good game. That's weird for me on, t- on two levels. One, because, uh, Justin Reed has been, Average, I think, in his Chiefs tenure so far. Again, as we discussed last week, I have no idea. Not lighting up the world, you know? Uh, and two, he wasn't on this team that lost to the Bengals. Yeah, that's the funniest part to me, is he, he was playing for the Texans. So, I mean, I, I'm sure he's picking up on some energy in the building, you know, that this is a big game and that there's some, some revenge that's, you know, cooking, but maybe it's just like him wanting to be part of it. Like, yeah, we all hate the Bengals. <laughs> this is they like, suck. Kevin from the office, like, hey, you weren't here for that. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Playing the Texans. Um, yeah, it, it is very funny. Uh, but yeah, if he, if he has a great game on Sunday and we do, you know, do a fairly good job of stopping the receivers, then I'm all for it. Um, he was not the only one though. Uh, if you listen to Mahomes' interviews from this week, Mahomes clearly was keyed up or is going to be keyed up for this game. Uh, he like admitted that he played really bad. They got beat by him. So they said, basically said they're going to be ready to go, which is like the Mahomes version of I'm yeah. coming for you. It's funny when you say that because it reminds me of like games early in Mahomes' career where he would uh, he'd be a little too juiced and would like shoot balls like five yards over a guy's head. Well, it wouldn't shock me if we see a little bit of that in the start of this game. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I really think out of all the teams that we faced this year, including the Bills and including the Bucks, I think this might be the biggest revenge game. Because this is the team we lost to in the regular season and then lost to, obviously, uh, kept us from going to the Super Bowl, playing the Rams, who, you know, maybe we beat them. So I really think this might be the most dialed up and, you know, keyed in that we see the Chiefs team all regular season. Yeah. Do you want to do a little bit, a little bit of a preview for the game, what we think is going to happen? Yeah, so we've done the emotional preview. Yeah. I felt that was a very cathartic experience uh, for me, just lay it out. All my cards on the table. This is why I don't like that team. This is why I'm another reason I predict they would miss the playoffs, which can still happen. That's still very much in play. Sure. It's still in play. Um, so we've done that. Now let's get into a little of the X's and O's. Uh, what are you most worried about in this game? Well, other than the yellow balls, uh, like, we, like we mentioned, um, to me, this game is going to come down to the Chiefs' pass rush. Mm. Because... I think I made this point before on the podcast. I think the Bengals are in the spot now that the Chiefs were two years ago, where it's like, okay, our offensive line clearly is not good enough. We need to do a massive overhaul. And the Chiefs did it, and the Bengals did not. Their offensive line is still very bad. Yeah, they've still been rough. I feel like this is also the time when the Chiefs' pass rush, pass rush seems to be kind of peaking, you know? Yeah. We feel like we've got a strong pass rush. We've got, obviously, Chris Jones is always going to be a presence. And then there's always the moments when he takes over the game. Uh, Carlos just had sack. He seems to be doing better. Carlos Dunlap has been surprisingly good in recent weeks. An ex-Bengal, I might add. Exactly. So this is a Carlos Dunlap revenge game. Mm. Uh, Frank Clark 
is still the the blind nut. Or sorry, the blind squirrel finds a nut well, every now and again. Well, if I may. In defense of Frank Clark. Frank Clark has looked a little bit sleeker, a little bit faster than what I've seen him most of the time he's been here. He looks a little bit more like the Frank Clark we thought that we might have been getting. Um, so I'm not saying he's going to be like a star pass rusher for us or anything, but I just, I'm seeing a little more juice out of him. Hey, listen. Last couple weeks than what I've seen before. If he wants to pick this game to have like a career game for the Chiefs, that would be amazing. Yeah, I would love it. Uh, I don't think he'll make it into this game, but new addition alert, Brandon Williams. Yes, uh, from the Ravens way back yeah. when, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's so, so cool to me because like this is one of those players you always hope for the Chiefs, at least for me. He's just a bowling ball of a man. He's built about like Colin Saunders. Mm. Like 6'1", 330 pounds. Like the perfect nose tackle. Uh, went to, I believe, Missouri Southern down in Joplin. So he's a Missouri boy. Mm. He's from St. Louis. Um, and I think it was three or four years ago, or maybe five. It could have been. It was during the Andy Reid tenure. We came pretty close to signing him as a free agent. He came out and visited, I believe, even. Uh, but he ended up resigning with the Ravens. So, I mean, he's probably somewhat past his prime. He still has something to offer. He's kind of like, this feels like the, the veteran pass rush edition. <coughs> now, is he a pass rusher? Because I, I hear like... No, he's more run stuff. 300 plus pound, that's not like a pass he's, rusher. He's, pass more, rusher he's more stuff nation than sack nation. Stuff nation. Yeah. Mm. Stand up. Uh, here's a weird question. I keep seeing cryptic Colin Saunders tweets. Does he like taking this signing personally or something? I I'm not familiar with what specific tweets you were talking about. I don't know. I'm just, I, 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 I'm just online enough to see when a player is a little bit down bad about something, and I feel like Colin Saunders is. I don't. I don't think Colin Saunders has anything to worry about. To, to me, he's most definitely been our number two defensive tackle this year. Yeah, I was like gonna definitely overtaking Naughty. If anything, yeah, this is more of a, a Naughty deal because uh, Naughty. I liked him earlier in his career, but I. Haven't seen enough out of him to really want him to keep around. Mm-hmm. He's he's a he's kind of a one trick pony in that he is a run stuffing nose tackle that's it, not great against. The except run. when he's not, yeah, he's he, he kind of has a tendency to get washed out. Of yeah, that. it feels like he gets moved by double teams more than what you want. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do you think this guy is going to be somebody that like gets elevated to the roster and like we see in there pretty quick? Oh, I feel pretty good. He'll make the active roster. Yes. Okay, I do. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, a couple other sayings. I'm going to go ahead and get them out of the way. Um, Melvin Gordon, yeah. the running back, mm-hmm. which is going to just ceaselessly confuse me, those two. Him and Melvin Ingram. Having, especially now having them both on the, having been on the Chiefs. Oh, that's true. Um, so he basically got exiled from Denver for his fumbling ways and now has come to the Chiefs. Uh, do you think he'll be in the mix? Uh, with the running backs. First, let, let's uh, let's pause and laugh at the Broncos for like a situation where they're like, "Hey, you're not good enough to be on the Denver Broncos." <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> you do not aspire to the level of excellence that is the Denver Broncos this year. Um, I think there were probably probably lots of other people who are the problem, other than Melvin Gordon. Um, he did fumble though. Yeah, a lot. To me, this is very much in the vintage of like Lashawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, just bringing in a veteran late in the season to to take, take some snaps. I don't see him contributing significantly. Um, I just see it as a depth yeah. move. Totally. I think he'll slot in kind of maybe next to Ronald Jones. This is like If, you know, emergency comes up, we have somebody competent back there. I think he's probably better than Jones and probably not as good as McKinnon right now in his career. Yeah. Which McKinnon's dealing with some kind of injury as yeah. well. I don't think he practiced uh, yesterday. But, you know, Friday. with Clyde getting hurt, it's quite clearly Pacheco's backfield now. And mm-hmm. they'll make sense to people because the... Chiefs are always going to be a uh, a committee team of a running back, I think, with Andy Reid. That's true. Uh, Pacheco, if I'm not mistaken, 22 carries on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot for a Chiefs running back. Yeah. And he had a, a game where we're trying to you know, run the clock out from pretty much the get-go. Um, but, man, that's a lot. He had a really good pass route where he caught like a 20-yard pass, too. Yeah, that was great to see. Yeah. So, anyway, we're getting pretty far from the Bengals. But two, two kind of weird... Signings. One more signing I want to throw in the mix. I don't know. I don't know if you heard about this. A guy named Brian Edwards. I did hear about this. Uh, a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, old uh, third-round running back from the Raiders. I say old. He's actually, I don't know why I said that. Um, he was that. 
but he's not old at all. He's like 25 years old. He's younger than both of us. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, NFL years, you know, he's like, it happens. He's it, like it took place in the past. Yeah. Italy. Um, but anyways, I don't, I don't know what to make of this one really, but I will say that like there was a point in time where he was a significant contributor for the Raiders. I don't know if that means he'll be, you know, significant for the Chiefs or not, uh, but something, something to keep an eye on. Um, you know how occasionally, uh, draft tutor will have a crush on a player that continues even though they haven't necessarily produced at the NFL level? Mm-hmm. This is definitely one of those guys. I think if he was a baseball prospect, we would call him Toolsy. Like, he's got, he's got good athletic ability. He seems like everything seemed to be there to have like a solid starter. And that just hasn't worked out that way. Uh, now that said, the Raiders have a weird combination of being very bad this year and also spinning off talented players. Like, I think they got Jonathan Abram and like a bunch of other guys. I, I just, I don't know if I'd call Jonathan Abram a talented player, but uh, he, he is a player. It's fair. Give that one. It's fair. Um, but yes, he, I think part of me thinks, oh, well, if he couldn't cut it with the Raiders, what's he going to do with the Chiefs? But who knows? Change theory might help. Yeah, that's very true. I think the Chiefs are like the most roster-churning team in the NFL to me. Like, if he just wouldn't take a shot on anyone, they put on a waiver claim for nearly everyone. There was, there was some player, I forget, like, we definitely did not need, and they still put in a waiver claim on that guy. Yeah. I think I think Veach has the same mentality that I would have if I was a GM is in that we have one of the best coaching staff in the league, so we can make more out of our players than other teams can. So if you have a guy that's been underperforming in a place, needs a change of scenery, maybe a little better coaching to be a productive player, let's sign him up. Also, since we're decided to talk about personnel right now, um, can we go ahead and put a nail in the coffin of uh, OGB? OBJ coming to the Chiefs. Oh, I mean, but <coughs> I didn't think that was ever a body that we need to. There was there was discussion about like, oh, it's going to be the Chiefs or Bills, and then the Cowboys kind of came into it. And now, I mean, with that weird thing on the plane and the fact that we've got Tony, it's just like, well, what would be the point? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you know my opinion on this. I never yeah. wanted OBJ. I I still think he's way overrated. He even made the twenty twenty one frauds list. I yeah, I wanted him before we overhauled the receiver room. Now I don't see a place for him. Yeah, I I never really wanted him, so I'm I'm fine. I would I tell you this though, I would rather him not get the Bills. That's true. That's his, the nicest thing I can say about OBJ. He should go play in Dallas. Yeah, he should go play for Dallas. He, he's great for the massive playoff success. He'll fit right in with being super overhyped. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know how we got into roster discussion. I guess there's just there's a few signings to talk yeah. about there. Um, kind of for the stretch run here. The regular back season. to back to Bengals week. Back to Bengals week. Um, so I asked you what you were most worried about. Would you like to ask me what I'm most worried about? Yes. Um, the thing that probably worries me the most is, I'm just going to go ahead and, well, you, you kind of, you kind of stole two there because you said the, like, the 50-50 go balls that they like to throw all the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, you know what, I'm not going to let you steal that. I'm going to say that the Bengals' big play ability could kind of combine with their big flag ability, that's what has me the most concerned. Yeah. And that if we can prevent them from having those five, six big yardage plays that they normally get each game, mm. then we'll be just fine, I think. Because I, I really think their offense play-to-play is just not good enough to function normally. Yeah. And a Bengals drive is so frustrating to watch. It is. It's like first down, dumb play. Second down, dumb play. Third down, Yellow ball. That's so true. It's like every, every play is like a run for one yard, a screen that gets dropped, and then a 30-yard shot goal. And yeah. maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. Yeah. Ugh, I hate it. Uh, that's what's got me most worried. Um, any any key matchups that you've seen in this game? Uh, well, they better put Snead on Jamar Chase. I, I think Snead's reached a level where he, is he needs our, to be following around. I will say, is, is, he sure. like, is he our guy not? We are now, and like we find the wide receiver uh, one, we just—I don't know—throw him out there. I don't know if Spags does. I know Bob Sutton like stridently did not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Spags might do a little more. Um, I think he's a little more situational, Spags. But I think there's there's it's an open question. I think when it's all said and done, Trent McDuffie might be the better man coverage corner versus Snead. But I mean, Snead's just such a ball hawk. He seems like he's he's really coming into his own this year. 
I'd rather he be on uh, Chase with safety level over the top. Because mm. you can't leave Jamar Chase on the island. I do have respect for that guy's game. Yeah, that's true. You gotta have safety over Jamar Chase at all times, basically. Yeah. Um, is our secondary is it fully healthy? Is there anyone out? I don't know what's going on with Fono. What What happened to him? Did he get injured on Sunday? Possibly. Maybe. Okay. So that's something to keep a note on. Mm-hmm. Um, if he is out, who comes in as our third safety? You know, it feels like it's a combination of Brian Cook and uh, so Deion Bush, Deontay Bush. Oh, from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, Deion Bush is his name. Um, but I think that's it's usually three safeties in some form or fashion in Spike's defense, and, and I think if Thornhill gets bumped, then uh, one of those two gets added. But no, that will be really important to have um, a healthy defensive backfield because I mean, we, we know what they're going to do. They're going to pass. I feel actually pretty good about our run defense in, in the past couple weeks. Yeah, I feel pretty good about the run defense as well. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's a good back. I don't think their offensive line is very good in uh, blocking. Yeah. Um, one thing that has been on my mind, though, that's is if I think we're in the, the trust tree here, the trust circle. Um, you, me, the listeners, many, many listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit worried about that Titans game, the way that happened, the Bengals-Titans game, I should specify. I really thought the Titans were going to beat them, and I really thought the Titans would get more pass rush on them. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Burrow was only sacked like one time that game. That has me just a little bit worried, but I'm yeah. not going to, not throwing in the towel, not too worried um, but man, I just really hope the Chiefs come out and have a good performance, a good game. I could see this going a lot of different ways because it seems like in years past when the Chiefs have a big game that they've been looking forward to all year, it seems like they come out and they play really good and they can just put an absolute number on somebody. Like the Niners. We've seen that against the Niners. Bucks. We've seen it against the Bucks. In years past, we saw them do it to the Bills and the Ravens. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see a game like that. But really, anything that results in a win, I'll be happy with. Yeah. Um, it will crush me a little bit if we lose. A little, a little bit of me inside will die. I think if it happens, then you'll get just a little bit of like the Steelers feeling backwards, like we can't solve this team. What's going on? Yeah. In in a different sense, because like you said, with the Steelers, it felt like Big Brother. The Bengals, it feels like annoying little brother. Mm-hmm. That's like you just want to slap them down. And be like, no, you're not on my level yet. Get out of here. Yeah. That's how I feel about the Bengals. Um, but yeah, if they win, it, it will, it will crush me a little bit. Um, for the narratives. But I don't, if I don't even want to think, I don't even want to get in that headspace. The takes will get wild. We're going to win. Um, as long as, you know, the refs don't fully side against us, as long as our secondary holds up relatively well. They've done, they've done most this year. We haven't given up too many crazy, Big plays. I've heard rumors that the ref, what well, the ref crew that has been assigned to this game apparently is kind of a let them play type. That's which would be great. That's great for us. Yeah, if that's true. Yeah. Um, one thing we've not discussed really at all is the Bengals defense. Um, it's really funny if you go back and listen to kind of our preseason podcast from last year. I mentioned that the Bengals defense was like the most highly paid unit in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, defensive unit. I mean. And we talked about, like, it was that was so funny that that was the case. And, like, who in the world are they paying? It's like, can you name anybody on the Bengals defense? Um, it turns out they're just paying everybody a little bit of money because they're pretty much – they're good across the board on defense, but they don't have too many, like, big-time star players. Okay. Let's, let's play names of Bengals defenders. Um, okay. I'll go first because I probably know less than you do. Uh, Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson. Hash Usher. Yep. Very good. Yep. Um, He's kind of like a Carl Optus comp, by the way. They have like two, I know this is like a weird thing to say, but they have like two white pass rushers, don't they? I think it's Hendrickson on one side and is it Hubbard on the other side. Hubbard on the other side, yeah. yeah. The two H's. Um, not Carlos Dunlap, but that confused me so bad you know, earlier. Do they still have Jenna Atkins? I don't think so. That was, that was like a really good, uh, defensive tackle for them for yeah, a long time, right? It was, yeah. It was. That kind of sucks for him, like right about the time he left is when they started them. Um, so yeah, they have, they have really solid pass rushers. Um, I wouldn't say they're like quite in that like elite tier of like, you know, Bosa, 
No, or, definitely um, not. Watt or you know one of those guys. No. Um, but they're both really solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, both better than you know what we had outside of Chris Jones, I think. Um, and their their defensive uh, backfield is pretty good as well. Um, again, not like any like star cornerbacks or safeties, I think, but they're just pretty good across the board. Okay, I know they have they have Von Bell, safety. That sounds correct. Yes. Okay. Do they have Ouzier? That also sounds correct. So we think we have approximate knowledge of the the Bengals secondary. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do this. I think they still have Jesse Bates. Something. Or did Did he go somewhere else? He might have gone somewhere else. It's pretty clear we don't know. Thank you for tuning in to yeah. the Chiefs Brewers <laughs> podcast preview of the Bengals game, <laughs> where we have clearly done our homework. Uh, we're going to be facing some football players on Sunday. Um, they play a lot of football. They wear orange. They're from Ohio. Yeah. I don't know. They have. They're really good. Uh, also, we've we've talked so much about Jamar Chase being like the wide receiver on that team. It's it's true in the sense that like they rely very heavily on him, but they do have some really good offensive weapons outside. Yeah, T. Higgins is really good. Too. T. Higgins is an excellent receiver. Uh, Hayden Hurst, he's a good tight end. People make the joke about like oh, a good running back. Our our wide receiver two would be a wide receiver one on the other team. Well, with T. Higgins, it might be true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's about on the same level, maybe even better than Juju. Is our wide receiver one? Yeah. Um, Tyler Boyd is like their number three wide receiver, and he's like really solid too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, there's a lot of our defense is going to have its work cut out for it. Our offense is going to have its work cut out for it, and I'm just I'm excited to see our guys go out there and play. Yeah. I think this is one of those games that could easily like. It's either going to this is the two scenarios I see. It's going to be the game of the year coming down the line, or it's going to be a massive blowout in favor of the Chiefs. I can definitely see that happening too. Oh, I love to happen so bad. Yeah, give it to me. Give it to me, Patrick. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Um, since we've kind of exited the serious portion of our podcast, uh, did you hear about little baby Pat Mahomes the third? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, PM three. He is out there. Apparently, going by the nickname Bronze. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. I liked it a lot more before I learned it was. Jackson Mahomes. That's true. Yeah. That feels like something you should bury. Never tell anyone. Um, yeah. But you know what? It's, it's Patrick Mahomes III. Um, so the year is 2022. So oh, yes. in 21 years, it will be 2043, correct? Yes. It'll be old. And the draft takes place in the spring, so add one more year on 2024. So go ahead and mark your calendars. Uh, draft. Draft day. Day one, obviously, 2024, the Chiefs pick Pat Mahomes III. See, I think it's only fair because they're, you know, the, we are Chiefs Kingdom. Yes. Kingdoms, uh, you know, are, that those titles are, are hereditary. Yes. Primogenitor, you know. Yes. So, now that means okay. what this means is that, after Patrick Mahomes second is done with his reign, probably a couple of pretenders in there, um, mm, but some usurpers. Exactly right. You know, once once the the the, the heir comes back into his own, Patrick Mahomes the third, mm. the Chiefs quarterback. It'll be the return of the king. Sure. Yeah. 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 But once the future king. Exactly. Well, boy, we are just murdering this metaphor. But yes, I think we did a great job. Okay. Uh, would you say Patrick Mahomes is the king of Chiefs Kingdom? Yes. So, or, or like, where, or where like, is uh, the, where's like Andy Reid lined up in that situation? Prior Tug? <laughs> Prior Tug? <laughs> okay. Um, no, let's see. Uh, so maybe it's more like Reid is, I mean, you could say Clark Hunt is the king of Chiefs Kingdom. It's really weird to go from Native American iconography to being a kingdom. By the way, I still think this is like a preemptive move hey, against it. If you if you gotta change the name, Kansas City Kings, here for it. Never. Um. No, Andy Reid is the king. Patrick Mahomes is like the head knight. Head knight. Yeah. Like the, the king of the knights. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how many little times work. Obviously, I'm very into medieval stuff. Okay. So let me do my best here. I think the king of Chiefs Kingdom is Clark Hunt, because he's the owner. Yeah. Um, Andy Reid, he feels like the top advisor. Mm-hmm. So he's like, um, 
Um, what did they call that back in the day? I'm not sure there's actually a term for it. Basically, the the elderman. No, not the elderman. Like a he's like he's like a duke, if you will. He's like the chief, like a thane, the chief duke, the most important one, kind of the the king's right hand man. I feel like Mahomes is like he's like the prince. He's like the younger guy, but you know he goes out there and fights on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So you heard it here first. Prince of Chiefs Kingdom, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You know who Jester is? Chris Jones. Mm. That guy's awesome. Chris Jones. Yeah. The guy who will fool around quite a bit, but also can secretly take over the game at times. Now, this this metaphor is stretching just <laughs> threadbare thin. <laughs> the wise Jester. Anyhow, um, all right, anything else you want to speak of for Bengals Week? I think I got it all out there. Um, I want to win this game more than any game. Oh. Regular season. I got another one. Yes. Their coach is bad. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that we went this entire podcast without even mentioning his name, Zach Taylor. Yeah. Um, that tells you basically everything you need to know about Zach Taylor. His, his entire personality to me is defined by that, like, one Gridiron Heights episode he was in. Oh, Joe Brown. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's all I know about that guy. The, the only thing I know about him is he coaches Joe Burrow. That does seem to be like the number one coaching skill that he has is having acquired Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It's still insane to me to think about the idea of having as your receivers at the same time Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And your quarterback. You are both, I would, I think you could argue like on a, not a legacy, but like in terms of current talent level playing in the NFL, both those guys are top five receivers. Yeah. I, I think that goes very far to explain what went wrong with our pick of Clyde Edwards there. Because basically anybody could have just racked up an enormous amount of yardage with those guys on your team. Yeah, let's not get the hobbit when he's down. But yes, you're right. All right. Um, that is all we have for this week. Happy. Uh, Red Friday to all Chiefs Kingdom and go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.